This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Wade Plem. Wade, how's it going? What's up, man? How are you, Paul? Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Um, I know a lot of people know you as the ring announcer and on social media and and things like that. And, uh, but I want to get more into you and like how you got started with your career and things like that. So tell me a little bit, like how you got started into sports and like, actually, let me ask you, what was your first job in sports? Oh man. Uh, my first job in sports was being like officially was being an intern for the NBA summer league. All right. That's dope. So yeah. So 20, uh, we'll rewind the clock 27, no 2018. Uh, I'm out here in, in Orange County, California, and I'm, I'm grinding, man. I'm, I'm trying to find a career in sports. I, I have no college degree. Dropped out of college after about three years of playing football and barely going to class. Um, and I just decided I'm coming to California. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm out here grinding. And uh, I walk in the doors of something called Hall Pass Media in Costa Mesa. And uh, it's run by by a gentleman named Albert Hall, who is also one half of the creator slash founder of the NBA Summer League. So they give me an opportunity to come work with the team. 2018, Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett are coming into the league, right? So I'm down in Vegas and I'm not getting, I'm basically not getting paid to run a bunch of cables and do some AV work. And I'm just hustling, man. I'm trying, you know, I'm, at the time though, I'm not, I'm not a young intern. A lot of these interns are 19, 20, 21. They're in college. I'm a 27-year-old intern. No. Yeah, 26, 27-year-old intern running around doing my thing. And so, uh, but I learned a lot, man. I learned how to edit for YouTube there. Um, learned how to just work. We were up 3 a.m. every day. First ones in the Thomas and Macarena in Vegas, myself and my boss. And we would leave at like 10 p.m. that night. So we were working, man, you know. Um, but that was my first gig, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how it is in sports for, like, I, I don't know how, I don't know what, how much people know. It's just like a grind, especially at the very beginning. And I, I was just talking to someone just like, I went to school for sports management and, and all that, but like majority of the classmates that I graduated with, like, don't work in sports anymore, you know, 10 years later. And like, they probably only lasted a couple of years. It's a tough gig. I remember a bunch of the people that I was there with, you're talking about some of the bigger names in sports, bringing their kids there. Like Mike Breen, everybody knows, bang, you know what I mean? His son was at the camp, like at the at, at Summer League working, you know? So there's a lot of big names, a lot of competition, and it, it really is one of those businesses where you got to, like, separate yourself early and just continue to do so, work for free, do things that other people aren't willing to do type deal. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, when you really think about it in retrospect, it's just nuts. And then uh, I know you said you played football and you went to, you went to Tennessee Tech. Uh, what what was a uh, what was just like I guess what was your what was your goal like what was your goal after college to, like was it to work in sports was it not to work in sports Yeah, I, well the thing with me was I always thought I was gonna I was NFL bound. You know, I I grew up thinking, oh, you know, forget all this school. I'm not doing that. I'm going to the league. You know, I got to I got a, a, a bit of humble pie my senior year when the recruiting letters and the uh, the things like that that were coming in my junior year didn't turn into offers. You know, and I was very upset by that. And I just, I had overvalued myself maybe and in, in, in my own head thought I was a little better than I was. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up walking on. I didn't even get a scholarship. I walked on at Tennessee Tech. And um, 
earned my scholarship my first year there. And yeah, dude, I just started to figure out more and more that I was not NFL caliber. And I was like, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> All right. So I was just like, I'm going to play and, and do this until I get a little tired of it or until it's just, you know, I think that might've been the moment where I was like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. When I realized, you know, we had a kickback come in from the university of Tennessee, which is where I wanted to play college ball. He, his name was Derek Rogers. And I started to realize really quick, he was NFL talent and I was not, you know, he was just comes in the first day, snagging one handers, freaking 275 on the bench. Pre I'm like, okay, this guy's, he's a different athlete, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah, dude, that's why I, I dropped out. I was like, I don't see myself doing this and I hate going to school. What do I do? And so I kind of fell back on what I'd always wanted to do, or maybe so like subconsciously always wanted to do was, was broadcast. I wanted to be a broadcaster. I was like, I, I don't think I have the qualifications to go restart my entire college courses and go back and, you know what I mean? So let me just try to start figuring it out for myself. And that's what I did. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing now. I mean, uh, we're the same age, so um, it's just like weird to think about like college at that time because it's like, it, even if it was like five years ago, it's like I would have definitely not went to college. Like there would have been no point, but it's just like, I feel like it was in that weird space where it was like my senior year, I had a class and it was called like sports new media. And it was like a seven, it was like a 70 year old guy teaching about social media. So it was like, it was so crazy watching my college advisors tell me to stop taking, I, I, I came in majoring in journalism. That's what I want. I was like, okay, this is it. They would come to me and be like, there's no money in this career that you're, you're trying to do. There's no money in it. There's only a lot of hard work and a lot of hard classes and we need you to be eligible. Stop taking these classes. You're going to go to business. So they, I, I changed my major to business. Now looking back on it, <laughs> the, the course for me, and they couldn't have known this, but the way that social media changed everything around journalism, that was where I needed to be. And it would have maybe not evolved into what it is now. So maybe I thank you to Tennessee tech freaking student advisors, but that changed over, like you said, a five-year period to where now journalism and sports coverage and new media is where a lot of the most fast, like, growing portions of this business are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that, is, that, is that how you got started? Just, like, with YouTube, you just started your YouTube page in 2017? Yeah, bro, yeah, it's over there. But, um... I started, I was in Florida. I was actually training to be a pro wrestler at the time. <laughs> I was in training down at Bubba Ray's school in, um, Bubba Ray and Bubba Dudley school in Orlando, Team 3D Academy. I think it, it ended up getting flooded out by one of the hurricanes, but I think they run it still. But um, I'll always take away that one of the best accomplishments of, of my, my life was having Billy Gunn tell me that I had a good uh, head collar tie up. He was like, yes, yeah, it's a solid, it's a solid. I was like, yes. <laughs> but um that school man it kicked my ass but at the same time I was down there just trying shit man because I was at this time I was 24 this is before I even got into the um summer league and I'm just like bro what am I like I had to leave I was like I have to figure something out so I'm down there just grinding and I start the YouTube channel I start the Wade concept and uh, on the idea of covering MMA and um just started covering cards. Just started covering the UFC cards. I would do like 
two live streams a week plus a live stream in a watch party type deal uh, where I would be up there for sometimes 10 hours live just commentating the cards, you know? No plan, no prior experience in social media, barely used my Twitter, barely, you know, I, I just had no idea how to do any of it. And I was just going to figure it out on my own, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, now it's funny you said Bubba Ray because I remember the Dudley brothers, right? Yeah, the Dudley boys, son. I remember, uh, oh yeah, the boys, yeah. I went to the mall one time to go meet them. And I, I don't know what happened, but either they didn't show up or something like transportation got messed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. I used to be a big WWE. I think I think it was F at the time. And then F at the time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then that was yeah, those are fun. And that's why it's crazy too, just to see like the whole evolution of thing. Even like people still, I don't even think in like traditional sports don't realize like yo know, the WWE uh, like superstars are more popular like than besides like the super A-listers like a LeBron, but like they have more followers than all these athletes. They're 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 in a titan of a conglomerate. The WWE is worldwide, literally. Like you go to in India or you go to the, the UAE and they are gods over there, dude. Roman Reigns touched down in Saudi Arabia and it was like Jesus Christ himself had come down. It was wild to see, dude. I was like, what the heck is going on? Even Lo like Logan Paul was over there wrestling him and the people were like, boo, Logan. And Roman came in. They're like, oh my God, you know, going crazy. They don't get, it, it's one of those things too. It's like desensitized. They don't get it as much over there. We see it every day. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. WWE, Monday Night Raw is on again this week. Cool, whatever. Tonight, literally, as we're recording this, SmackDown will be on. That's awesome. But we don't get that once a year type of thing where those people go absolutely apeshit. It's crazy. Dude, I'm a massive. That's another thing with me. I'm a massive wrestling fan. Like, I get goosebumps talking about it. I've been a wrestling fan since I was a kid. One of my big goals and dreams is to work commentary with the WWE or AEW or whoever, I I genuinely would love to do that. That'd be dope. I actually I actually had an interview at WWE one time. And, oh, where? Uh, yeah, because you're in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, <clears throat> actually, I probably never said it like publicly, but I'll say it now because we're on That's here and sick. we're talking about it. But so <clears throat> I same same kind of boat. I just positioned like I was applying a bunch of sports jobs and things like that out of college and um, all these in interviews and stuff. And they uh, and LinkedIn actually just had this challenge that every month every day and they had questions and i just put out literally yesterday about like just getting rejected and rejected and rejected mm -hmm. one of my worst rejections ever was by the wwe oh. because i was substitute teaching at the time yep. and i get the phone call and i knew it was wwe this is like after i interviewed with them and i'm like majority of the time or 99 percent of the time they'd email you to reject you right yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this guy calls me so i was like yo i think i got the job yeah, i answer it. i go in the hallway i got a class yeah the guy was like oh like, yeah, I just want to call you, like, great candidate, blah, blah, blah. You hit the nail on the head, but, like, or someone else hit the nail on the head better than you and, blah, 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 and, like, rejected me. And I was like, bro, this guy just called me and rejected me. That was, like, I almost threw my phone down the hallway. It was insane. I was like, wow, yo, this guy had the balls to reject me on the phone. I, I just want to let you know, we went with someone else. You weren't good enough. See ya. That was the only call I ever got that it was a rejection because it was, like, that they don't do I was, like, weird. It was weird. That's crazy, bro. I, I, I will see your rejection story. And, and I don't even know if this is a raise, but I also have one. So it's not even a real rejection. It's just something I saw. I met Brendan Schaub one time. Uh, the thick boy, as they call him these days. He, uh, I, was, I was doing the same, not even the same thing. You actually had reason and people would actually give you the time of day. 
I was taking resumes and sliding them under doors in Los Angeles at Fox Sports, freaking Showtime, whoever. Dude, I posed as a student at Lincoln Memorial to go to go into Showtime's career day. They were like, they saw my ID. They were like, yeah, you're 27. What are you talking about? <laughs> so get out of here. But I met Shab. I gave him my resume in LA one day. I watched him look at the resume with his producer. This is when they were doing the big brown breakdown thing. Watched him look at it. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll take a look. I'm all giddy. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? I did it. I turn around, not 30 seconds later, this motherfucker is taking my resume and he's like, oh, that's, yeah. Um, so what were we talking about? <laughs> Austin the trash. Oh, man. I was like, but dude. It's, it it's like me. little mo- moments like that, though, like that I think oh, are dude. still in, inside me that like motivate me. And I'm sure that you motivates you still. Yeah. You don't know, for the first for the first year of the, like when I really started to to build the channel, you best believe I was checking every day to see how my numbers were doing with those numbers. Like I, I'm just, you know, you have to. And once I started going and, you know, doubling up and tripling up, I was like, yeah, yeah, you missed out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he didn't think anything of it because why would he? You know what I'm saying? I was some random guy that probably encroached on his space and seemed like a weirdo, but then just so happened that it worked out. But yeah, no, rejection stories now are some of the funniest. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's like, even like, who knows, like, if that didn't happen or something, like, you know, I I think, I think things happen for a reason. A hundred percent. Yeah, then tell me, like, uh, I know you're still like, even like you just mentioned, like trying to achieve different goals, but like, what what was like, kind of like your breakthrough so far? Um, It's probably the, the, the gig with Misfits definitely like took me to a new level for sure. Like I, I was building, um, I think around that time we had hit a hundred thousand subscribers. I was, I was, I was moving pretty quickly in the year of 2021. I think it was, I was moving pretty fast. Um, and things were moving pretty fast. And then I got the gig with misfits. I think it was basically a year and some change now. And, um, just, I think I, I did a very good job for what they expected. I think a lot of people didn't expect, you know, someone to come in and be as prepared, I, I would say, as I was. So I, w- I wouldn't say I was the best or anything like that, but I was prepared, right? I had done my homework. I had already had a show under my belt with, with um, Creator Clash, which was nuts. Still one of my favorite shows ever. The first one, 10,000 people. I'm never commentated in front of anyone before, so I'm freaking out, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that that took me to a new level. And then I would I would say to to date, the biggest one, the one that felt the biggest was um, Jake versus Nate. It just felt, you know, like the names that were involved. It felt like that full circle moment where, and I hate saying it like this because people are going to take it the wrong way, but it felt like I'd been in the big time because the names that I, I knew growing up were there. I, I was calling a Nate Diaz fight sitting next to Darren Barker. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get that every day. <laughs> it's just like great. Like even now that I say, I watched a video the other day just for my YouTube to, to do a breakdown. And I heard myself calling the Nate fight and I'm like, what, what is happening? You know what I'm saying? It's still like kind of, I don't, it hasn't set in really with me. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. And that's why too, like, and I think, um, like another reason too, I think, uh, well, one, I think you're super like easy to 
just talk to and think because I see it on spaces and everyone like respects you and all that. And I think the other thing is just like, I don't think people do the research. Like, and I know you knew like about all the boxers or all the influencer boxers, whatever you want to call them at this point, crossover influencer, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the other thing. Like people are just like, even like, you know, people are hating on them and stuff like that. And just like, like traditional boxing fans and things like that. But it's just like, yo, they're doing what these the regular boxers should be or whatever you want to call them pro boxers should be doing and promoting themselves because they're not promoting themselves at all and i feel and that's why sometimes it's like i see the pro boxers complaining and i'm just like but you guys don't put yourself out there either so it's like you have to do something about that too the pro boxers are used to having a promotion right whether it's a a manager a promoter uh, a promotion to fight under and they're used to having those things done for them that model has gone away. We don't care that you're a top-ranked fighter. We don't care that you're a matchroom fighter. We care about you, right? The promotion means nothing to us now. I don't care if you're fighting on matchroom, ESPN, Sky Sports. I want to watch my favorite fighter. But the way you become someone's favorite fighter in this day and age is, yes, by going out and knocking people dead for sure. But it's also a bit of a personality. There's a reason guys like Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis matched up so well at the box office. Right, Maybe not in the fight. Javante showed he was far better, but at the box office, people cared about Ryan. He was a following that most pro boxers don't have. Same reason Anthony Joshua packs out stadiums regardless how many times he's lost. That's another thing in boxing I can't stand is this whole one loss and your career is over and you're done and throw him away. No, bro. We care about the fighters we want to see, and one loss shouldn't change that. So. They could be more like the influencers in that way to put themselves out there, to have a following, to get us involved with your story. That'll make more sense. That's why, uh, that's the, like the best part I think about the, this crossover scene is like, we don't care if you lose, like just come back and like, right. That's part of the story, man. Like wh who just wants to like, listen, I'm, I'm a massive fan of, of pro boxing, but the most interesting boxers I've ever watched weren't guys that just, Stop. Like Roy Jones suffered from this. He was so good for so long in a division full of guys that we knew he would beat that no one cared. And I hate to say that about Roy, but that was the case. No one watched. He wasn't a big box office draw. And he still was one of the best fighters ever. The four kings at super middleweight and then middleweight gave us a reason. Sugar Ray Leonard gave me a reason. Roberto Duran gave you a reason. Tommy the Hitman Hearns, Marvin Hagler, those guys had actual stories and we cared about them man because my dad used to i wasn't alive obviously but my dad used to show me tapes of those four obviously mike tyson was a killer but you you had reason to watch now it feels like if one loss is there guys get written off into the scene but part of the story of a fighter is losing and coming back and influencers again we it's such a chaos of the scene that we just care about our favorite personalities and we want to see potential awesome matchups, but boxing should take some more of that. MMA has done it. They should do that more. Yeah. That, that too, in MMA, it's like they, you could be, you could be 15 and five and they're like, Oh, he's one of the baddest men in the world. Facts. Jorge Masvidal got a title shot with 17 losses on his record. Who cares if he's the best at that moment? He's then he's the best. Yeah. There's only one boxer I could think of is uh, what's his name? Gabe, Gabe Rosario. Is the yeah, one Rosario he, still keeps a fan yeah. base, even with he losses. He gets the big fights. He has like 12 losses, but he was ranked super high so because he get, he takes all the biggest fights. In movies, had a great career. I, Gabe Rosado, I know people are going to be like, oh, okay. 
if you're not top five in the world elite talent, you should be trying to be Gabe Rosado. Movie roles, big fights, acting gigs, stuff outside of the ring. That's what you should be doing. Fighting, yes, it is your one soul, you know what I mean? That, that's your focus. But at some point, it will go away. And this is not the the here for a long time party in boxing. You better be here for a short period, have a good time, and get out. That's the game, dude. So. Oh, definitely. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, I guess like what's your, what's your next move or like what's your next role that you want to, or, or do you have any uh, gigs coming up? So yeah, I'm, I'm working with, uh, Jake Paul's company, most valuable promotions on the 27th for most valuable prospects three and Amanda Serrano's, um, endeavor first endeavor into 12 rounds, three minute rounds, which is a historic event, historic for Amanda Serrano. I would like to get into some MMA. Um, hopefully that's coming up. Uh, I'm planning on or potentially moving to the Northeast. We'll see. Um, and Combat Zone is, is an MMA promotion out there that my boy Faye Sensei works on. They want to get me on that as well. Um, and yeah, just, I, I would, like I said, I would really love to get in contact with AEW or WWE and start like a backstage role there where I could be like an interviewer or something to, to work my way up to that commentary desk. I truly do see my trajectory and this is going to sound super conceited and I'm not trying to make it that way, but I want to be that next Pat McAfee. I want to be that next wave of, you know, breaking boundaries. I mean, Pat McAfee's on ESPN for Christ's sake. I turn on ESPN in the morning and I'm thinking I'm seeing suits and ties and this is what's happened on the, on the, you know, in the baseball game last night. And here's Pat McAfee in a cutoff talking with the boys on a primetime slot. I want that. You know what I'm saying? So that's the goal with me. Take take myself, Sensei, um, to the next level with the breakdown. Make that the YouTube version of a first take, and just continue to grow, man. I'm, I'm really I'm really focused on the content right now. Like, yes, the commentary spots obviously are something I want to do, um, but the content I think, just like it always has, will carry me there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and yeah, and that's why too. Just the evolution of everything changing uh like pat mcfee like you said is a perfect example of just like the suits are finally coming off which espn i know they they've it's like they kind of been a a behind the curve but like also you know they're still the top dog at the same time it's like a weird thing but now yeah i think now it's starting to change obviously especially with the pat mcfee signing and things are i think just evolving in 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 better ways and and listen fox sports Fox Sports ain't got no Pat McAfee. What's up? I'll go. I'll go in the slot right behind Undisputed. I don't care. What's up? I'll take the Titan on. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they're on the West Coast too. Yeah, come on now, Skip. I'm just down here in Orange County. What's up, man? There you go. Uh, all right, so I got. I got to ask you about the Prime Card. You yes, knew I was yeah. going to ask you. So you got. You got to give me your predictions for each each fight so far. We'll we'll gotcha. run them down. Gotcha. So, all right, Ch- Chase the Moore versus uh, Tempo. Um, I just see Chase's size being an issue for Tempo. Like, I, I think Tempo's probably the better boxer out of the two. And I love Tempo, but I think Chase's size, like he gave Alan Belcher trouble, not like Alan was in any trouble as far as like defending himself, but he gave him trouble hitting him because of his size. And that's, that's a guy that's been an MMA fighter for 15 years over there at BKFC. Just couldn't really get to him. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say Chase. Yeah, yeah, Chase is huge, like just a big, just dude. a freak of a dude, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Winderson Nunez versus my Nate mate. Oh, my mate Nate, man. That's my guy there. Um, long fighter. The thing that gave Winderson trouble with Kenny was the fact that Kenny was able to stifle him a lot with his jab. I want to see Nate do the same. I'm going with Nate. All right. I don't know who the favorite is, but I'm assuming it's Winderson. I'm not Winderson really sure. Winderson, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, all right. King Kenny versus Anthony Taylor. <sighs> Pretty boys favored, man. And for good reason. These influencers just, they're, they're still, you know what I mean? There's still that gap. Kenny has, has made the gap up, though. He deserves this fight. He deserves to be in there. I just don't know if I can pick against Pretty Boy right now. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with Anthony Taylor. All right. The the matchup that I think this is. I feel like this is the fan favorite one. Uh, Dean the Great versus Waleed Sharks too. I'm gonna stay with Dean, man. I'm gonna stay with Dean. I think he made a great decision to uh, to get to Brick House. It seems like it's, it's benefited him and his style. Just watching his progression. Um, he's locked in. Obviously, Waleed Sharks wants that. That that get back, you know what I mean? Uh, had a had a great showing in the first fight. Got caught with something, and and obviously didn't understand what he was doing at that end part. But it's hard, man. You in in these rematches, the champ usually wins again. Um, and I think both guys understanding what went wrong the first time. Dean probably has more things to fix, but I think he can do that. I'm gonna go with Dean. All right, big ones here. Uh, Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. Uh Logan Logan wins this. Logan wins this. Um, as much as maybe personally, I'm not a big fan of Logan. You have to admit the guy works hard. Um, he is definitely a freak athlete. And as far as the boxing is concerned, he has done this more than Dylan has. He's got more experience. He's been training it longer. Everything stacks in Logan's favor. Uh, outside of the fact that he's just never won a fight, but Dylan's never boxed. And he's not the greatest technical striker I've ever seen, even in Bellator. So... I'm going to go with Logan here, and uh, I think it, it it might be easy work. Jeez. Yeah, all right. Uh, KSI versus Tommy Fury. Uh, this is Tommy Fury, man. For me, this is Tommy. Um, I know that's going to sound like some hater, A, but I'm not even trying to make it be like that. It's just if you put the freaking tail of the tape in front of me, Tommy checks off every single box, not the majority of them, every one of them. Size, experience frame power uh maybe not the speed maybe you could say KSI is a little faster because he's smaller but everything else boxing technique ability um defense offense everything so I'm gonna go with Tommy but KSI has a window right because Tommy does sometimes get a little overzealous early and you can say you you've seen Tommy and him interact there's a lot of confidence and bravado coming from Tommy like bro you're just too small like this is not and KSI does hit like a truck, like everyone says. It's not just him saying that. Everybody says that. So I'd say early on there's a window for KSI. Outside of that, if he doesn't get it done in the first one to t- one to three, then this is going to go downhill. And Tommy's going to win a, a, a going-away decision. Yeah, I think I think Tommy, too, is just getting uh, – <clears throat> I think he's always been like a confident boxer, but I think he's just getting like way more confident. And, he, and he, I think he's releasing – like the dog inside of him now, just cause like, even though the face off, like he's getting more confident in talking and just like, I feel like he was always kind of behind his dad and the brother mm-hmm. and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel in like that, he's that becoming his own. Yeah. 
which is interesting. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm just interested to see his career, like afterwards, all this, like, I just want to see like what he does when he goes back to pro boxing or if he does, maybe he's not. Cause like when I always think about him, like, yo, this guy's cashing out right now. Like he could probably just go, yeah, you know, like go be a model or something or like just chill. Like he'd be so many opportunities that come from, if he should beat KSI and I assume then if he beats KSI, then he either gets Jake or potentially Logan, like he could run this cycle run through all of them and then he could the, the opportunities would be endless you know what i'm saying so. yeah it's crazy what what about what what's your like dream influencer matchup uh this one's not one that anybody will really know but i've always said dr disrespect and cdn the third they're they're two streamers that are buddies but also i'm two of my favorites um i've always thought that they've been they were like two of the first streamers and like the kind of influencers i watched growing up uh, so I thought that would be dope to see those two go at it. They're both like six, five, six, eight, big, long heavyweights, you know? Um, or you could do like a, I would like to see speed fight. He's just a, a ball of chaos. So whatever, whatever he does, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. All right. So w- would you ever fight? Maybe, maybe, um, it'd have to be the right number, the right person, the right situation. You know what I'm saying? I don't really know who that is, but you know, we'll see. I, I am perfectly okay with using my voice to commentate. I don't need to, to go in there and get punched. I think I think I think it'd be pretty big just because you're big in the community. And I and I and I think I think you've been making some enemies recently. You have a number in your head or not? You don't have to say it. Yeah, I have of course I have an I always have a number, dog. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. I'd be interested to see that. I think I think I feel like over the past couple of weeks I was like, yo, I think Wade's about to box. <laughs> I was like, Dude, someone's gonna offer him something i feel like i yeah, well trust i've been offered i've been offered uh many times but it's not even like i'm trying to get into beef man i just if they bring it to me then i sizzle it up you know what i'm saying and i served it that's it and that's why too just like um what's his face ben ben davidson is that his last name? yeah ben davis ben the bane uh you know, obviously he's a commentator, so it's like he could talk real well. And it's like I'm like, yo, this guy is like good at obviously promoting it. So it's like, hundred percent, you would too, obviously. So yeah, I'll do my best, man. I'll do my. We'll see, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe one day, like I said, it's gonna need to be the right person. Um, because I'm not gonna go in there and fight anybody I like. You know what I'm saying? Why would I do that? Yeah. No, it makes sense. All right, Wade. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you at? Oh man, you guys can see me at Wade Plim on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously, the Wade Concept on YouTube, the Breakdown on YouTube, Wade Plim, uh, kick.com forward slash Wade Plim, and then Wade's World on YouTube. We got it all covered, baby. 